This is On the Line, Keystone in Nebraska. It's Monday, November 20th, decision day for the Keystone XL oil pipeline. This pipeline has not had a federal review. There are new landowners now at risk, and I doubt that they are going to move forward with putting an inch of that foreign steel in our soil ever. I'm Ariana Brocious of NET News, the NPR and PBS station in Nebraska. To recap, Nebraska has been the last hurdle for Canadian company TransCanada's plan to build an oil pipeline from Alberta, Canada to the Texas Gulf Coast. President Obama rejected the application, but President Trump revived it earlier this year. Previously on this podcast, we summarized the arguments made to the Nebraska Public Service Commission in a week-long hearing they held back in August. Now the commission has had a few months to review all the testimony, documents, and public comments gathered earlier in the year to inform their decision whether or not to approve a route for Keystone XL in Nebraska. Today, they announced their decision. NET News' Grant Gerlach has been covering the announcement, and he joins me now. Hi, Grant. Hey there. Can you fill us in on what happened today? Well, the Nebraska Public Service Commission had a meeting to decide whether they were going to approve a route in Nebraska for the Keystone XL oil pipeline. And I thought maybe I'd give a little bit of background on the PSC itself. This is a five-member board. They're elected to their positions. And a lot of times they're looking at things like phone service and railway safety. But they were given authority to decide the routes of oil pipelines in the state as well. And so here's what they did. In a three-to-two vote, they decided to approve a route for Keystone XL. But it came with a big asterisk. They did not approve TransCanada's preferred route. Instead, they approved something called the Mainline Alternative Route. And for a good distance, they're actually the same thing. They both enter Nebraska uh, up around the South Dakota border in Kippewa County, and they work their way down around the Sand Hills. But instead of turning south like the preferred route does, this alternative route would keep going east and actually meets up with the original Keystone, which is in eastern Nebraska. And for the last 100 miles or so, Keystone XL and the first Keystone pipeline would actually run roughly parallel to each other down to the Kansas border to Steel City, Nebraska, where they both end. So now TransCanada has a route for its pipeline in this state. But it also kind of raises some interesting issues because they're avoiding, in large part, the Sand Hills, this environmentally sensitive, biologically diverse region that Nebraskans know well. But they're crossing some new territory, right, which yeah. might mean something. They're, they're landowners that are going to have to be reached out to for the first time. Yeah, there would be a number of landowners uh, both along the original Keystone route and a little stretch up in north central Nebraska where they might have been a little surprised by this opinion because they haven't been the focus of this debate or this discussion at all. So they're probably going to be hearing from TransCanada soon, possibly, or they'll probably be hearing from opponents of the pipeline too. So, right, the commission released an order, a written decision today as well, and they did reiterate that they have a pretty narrow scope in making this decision. State law prevents them from considering safety concerns of the pipeline. That's even things like spills and leaks. It prevents them from looking at eminent domain issues or even whether or not the pipeline should be built. They're basically just charged in deciding whether or not the pipeline is in the state's public interest. And so they did evaluate economic, social impacts of the route, 
and environmental impacts or impacts on natural resources. So Grant, what did they say when they made their decision about why they made this decision? Well, in that order, they brought up a couple things. They liked the idea that for most of the route through Nebraska, about 60% of the length, those pipelines would be in the same spot, roughly. And they reasoned that, well, maybe that would make it easier to monitor for leaks. Maybe it would make it easier to plan for emergency responses if there are leaks. And also, if it took that route, it would cross less land that is sensitive for some endangered species, the whooping crane, the piping plover, and it would cross one uh, fewer river. There would be one fewer, uh, one less river crossing. So taking those things into account, they liked those. Only one commissioner spoke at the meeting itself, and her name is Crystal Rhodes. She was one of the two no votes, along with Mary Ritter. And they're the only two that said no to any route for any pipeline at all. And Crystal Rhodes gave the reason that this approved route may be a surprise for some landowners. There are at least 40 landowners along the approved route who may not even know that their land is in this pipeline's path. So that's like we talked about, people on the original Keystone route who weren't thinking about Keystone XL, people along this new stretch in north-central Nebraska who maybe weren't thinking much about Keystone XL. So now opponents are arguing, and I think Crystal Rhodes is arguing, that they should be part of this conversation. So opponents are thinking this may be one of the angles they can take uh, when it comes to opposing the pipeline from here. And we know there have been some rallies um, yesterday at the state capitol and again mm-hmm. today after the hearing or after the decision. But what did the opponents who were in attendance today have to say after the decision was announced? Well, they had a lot to say. And basically, I, I think the gist of it is we're not backing down. Um, right after the decision was announced, it was pretty emotional in the room. There were some tears from some landowners. I mean, they've been fighting this for a long time, and it's very much a loaded issue for them. But after that, when they spoke... They were concerned that now TransCanada has this thing that they haven't had for a long time, this approved route through Nebraska. And at the same time, they have federal approval. So they're worried about eminent domain proceedings starting, you know, just being around the corner, things like that. And they're concerned about safety issues, even though it's not something that the commission could consider. It's something that's definitely on the mind of landowners. For instance, Art Tanderup, he lives north of Neely in north central Nebraska along the pipeline route. And he's still really concerned about pipeline accidents like the one that happened in South Dakota recently, where the first Keystone pipeline spilled some 210,000 gallons of oil. It's still going through the eastern sand hills, the most porous soil in Nebraska. It's also right over that Ogallala Aquifer. And then we see, you know, their safest pipelines aren't near as safe as they say they are. So that accident in South Dakota really kind of galvanized those concerns that landowners have, that a spill could impact their soil and water. But this decision to use an alternative route for Keystone XL was spun in a positive light by many opponents and opposing groups. And they feel like the Public Service Commission went a little bit off the grid here. And they chose this alternative route that had not been the focus of public hearings. It was not the focus of environmental reviews at the federal level or the state level. And they think that gives them some leverage in the courts, potentially. If they decide to go to courts, perhaps they can argue that TransCanada should have to go back to those regulatory agencies and 
and get more explicit approval for this route that the Public Service Commission has drawn up. So now we have our decision. Um, after many months of waiting, what do we expect to happen next? I wouldn't expect any pipe to be going in the ground anytime soon. Let's say that. There are likely some court challenges down the line, but a few things may need to happen before that. First, TransCanada needs to decide whether they want to make the investment in this pipeline based on this Nebraska decision. And a few things go into that. They need to look at the cost of this route and building the pipeline on this route that's been approved in Nebraska. And um, they also need to look at whether they have the customers that they feel like they need for this to be an investment that would pay off in the end. So they still need to figure out some of those regulatory costs and, and sort of the business side. If they do decide to move ahead, that's when we'll probably see some more court challenges come out from opponents of the pipeline based on those regulatory things like TransCanada should have to get more explicit approval for this route. Right. And if we remember back just before the hearing in August, TransCanada said to some of their financial advisors that they weren't even sure they were going to build the pipeline at that point because of these financial considerations. So I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see a little bit. We'll have to wait and see a little bit. There has been a little bit of movement on that front. They've had this open season period, they call it, where they're basically taking bids for customers. They're calling out and seeing what kind of customers they can line up for this Keystone XL pipeline. And in a more recent investor call, they said that they had some positive movement there. They felt pretty good about the number of customers who were lining up. And one reason for that might be that TransCanada canceled another pipeline project in Canada called Energy East. And some of those customers who were planning on putting oil through that pipeline maybe we'll turn their attention toward Keystone XL and decide maybe that's a better way to get it out of Canada. Another thing that's changed a little bit is a lot of this heavy crude that would go to Gulf refiners in the past has come from Venezuela. And that's a country that's just been going through some serious political turmoil. And so the refiners are looking at what their sources of heavy crude and thinking, well, maybe Canada is a good place for us to go. And in that case, they'd probably like to see Keystone XL be finished, complete that link. Well, parties have 30 days to file an appeal of the decision, and we'll be reporting on this, continue to keep you up to date as we see what happens in the months to come. So that's it for today's episode of On the Line, Keystone in Nebraska. If you want to know more about all the testimony that went into the Public Service Commission's decision, you can find past episodes of this podcast at our Keystone XL page, which is at netnebraska.org slash keystone. With Grant Gerlach, I'm Ariana Brocious of NET News.